Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and on my way go. We in Bitten Airwaves. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome to the show. You are now tuning to the wonderful sounds of MaximumFM.ca. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Before my microphone hits me in my face, uh, yes, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, you're now tuned to the wonderful sounds of Maximum F- FM. And if you ain't know, indeed, you better call somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot on today's, uh, today's broadcast. I will be holding it down solo dolo for tonight. But I will give you guys a lot of content to digest on as per the use. So, on tonight's show, we will be discussing Drake making some comments at his latest uh, pit stop over on his uh, latest tour. We also will be discussing Lil Wayne. We will be discussing... uh, Who are... Listen, we got a lot of things to discuss. Like, there's so many topics that are going on through my mind. Um, I'm finally going to give you guys the full Luke Cage review that I wanted to do. Um, it took me a couple, well, who am I lying? It took me a week to finish it, but then it took me another week to rewatch it again so I can get my thoughts for this, nonetheless, so I didn't become a prisoner in the moment, so to speak. But yes, I will be discussing all of that tonight. So much to talk about tonight. But before I get into that, you guys already know how I do with the opening segment of the show. The area where I get to let some stuff off of my chest. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to once again let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. So before I get started on this topic, I just want to say bless up to the Toronto Blue Jays. Much much, 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 much respect to them for what they've been doing in the postseason thus far. I mean, you're talking about a team that was on the brink of missing the playoffs to now being one of the hottest teams in the playoffs. They're the first team to advance into uh, the next round of the postseason, the MLB. And who would have thought that this year's version of the Blue Jays would have been able to sweep through a team that they took five games to eliminate. So that takes a lot and kudos to them. Good luck to them, uh, to their, uh, to the Blue Jays against the Cleveland Indians in that series. And right now, I think they're at the top of the second inning as of this recording. Um, they are nil-nil or zero-zero. I'm thinking soccer right now. But they are tied at zero right now at the top of the second inning. So much respect to them. Good luck to them. Best of luck to them, I should say. And hopefully we can take this to the World Series because Toronto, uh, not just Blue Jays fans or baseball fans, but Toronto sports fans in general – we need this. We need something. Like, I'm not even the biggest baseball fan, but to see the Blue Jays go all the way to the World Series somewhere where they haven't been in over 20 years, that would be remarkable. I mean, Joe Carter will be smiling hard at his big screen in his lovely home, which I'm sure is very lovely. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, 
Uh, best of luck to all the Blue Jays fans and to the Blue Jays, of course, man. Uh, but you guys already know me. I'm a basketball guy, so we got to talk some NBA real quick. So the NBA doesn't officially start until October 26th. And obviously we know that there's a whole bunch of storylines heading into this year's season. The biggest one, arguably, is the rift between former teammates Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Now, for all the basketball heads out there, you already know what happened this past July. Kevin Durant signed a deal with the Golden State Warriors, a team that knocked him out of the playoffs, and this basically caused a ripple effect in the in the Western Conference. I mean, if Golden State wasn't already a threat to win it all once again, they now became an even more bigger threat with adding someone like KD, who was a top player, in the, who was arguably a top player in the league. He's top three easily. So... You have the last three MVPs on one team and also two of the top three players in the league in one team. And then you probably have four of the top, I would say, 15, 20 players in the league right now because you already have KD and Steph Curry who are top two. Uh, Clay Thompson, he's like – I would say Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green, they're probably top 20 easily. They're easily top 20. Top 15 is debatable. Uh, I don't think they're top 10, but top 15, top 20, you can easily put them in that in that mark. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm only talking about this because of the fact that not too long ago, very recently, I think today actually, the comments were made, either today or yesterday, but nonetheless, actually no, I think it was yesterday, so Thursday, um, comments were made about, about, or subliminally made about Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder by Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was asked about, you know, how it feels so far to be playing with the Golden State Warriors. And he basically said how he loves the system that they, that they play, the style that they play, and how he doesn't have to worry about being the alpha dog and how everyone is so unselfish and how he's never played this brand of basketball before. So when you use words and, gar- and, and jargon like that, people are automatically going to assume that they're talking about, that you're talking about, you know, the pinnacle of, of the team that you're once on, which is Russell Westbrook. So we've all seen how Russell Westbrook plays. He plays with somewhat of a reckless abandon, as some people would state. Um, And basically, that did not fall on deaf ears when Durant made that statement. So Russell Westbrook responded to that for the first time ever, basically, look clearly. And he basically said how, you know, he's not worried about that, uh, and he's not worried about how – quote-unquote selfish his guys are when they play basketball. He said something to that extent, but he basically took the word selfish and he kind of spun it in his own, you know, sarcastic and cheeky kind of way, basically. Basically stating that, yes, Durant, I've heard the statement you've made, but I don't give a damn. So at first when KD left, you know, it was kind of divided, really. Like the uh, the opinion base was kind of divided. And people were saying, well, well, I guess, you know, Russell Westbrook is the reason why he's leaving. You know, if Russell Westbrook wasn't so selfish, then we would have had KD on the team for at least another two years maybe. But now that you make a comment like that, sympathy kind of gets thrown more towards Westbrook's, you know, direction. Because now you're just continuously throwing shade subliminally at his former team, at your former team, and the season hasn't even started already. Hasn't started yet, and we already know that Golden State is a favorite team to win. However, you're just kind of throwing more shade, and you haven't really done anything yet. I mean, all we've gone through thus far are preseason games, and that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. I mean, you have players, star players who are only playing up until the first half because they want to contain the rest of their energy and their health for when the regular season does, in fact, arrive. Um, So it kind of looks a little salty and petty 
on Katie's part to continuously throw shade, basically. And it gives a lot more sympathy and empathy to Russell Westbrook because up until now, he hasn't really said much about it. He's tried to ignore it for the most part and try to focus on what he needs to do to get his team to the forefront. He is now the de facto leader of the Oklahoma City Thunder. There is no doubt about that. So now the onus is on him to respond to that, but onto the basketball court, of course. Uh, but what do you guys think? Do you guys think that Katie's being salty? Do you think he's just expressing how he feels? Do you think he's been rejuvenated? I think the biggest thing to take from all this, and many pundits have stated this in the past, but it's just the fact that, you know, if that is not only your teammate, but also your broham, your boy, whatever you want to call it, to continuously throw shade at him like that, it's not the best look. I'm just going to leave that right there. But anyways, once again, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, man, I got to get into the full Luke Cage review. I'm going to talk about the importance of hip-hop towards that series, the amount of um, events that are happening in today's society and the real world that were related to Luke Cage and so much more. But before I get to that... I got to give you some more music, man. I got to give you this one. I can't really call this a hit right here, but the series that it's from is definitely a hit. This one is from 50 Cent, and it features Joe. The theme song to power, Big Rich Town. Keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show, people. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. I am continuously fighting with this mic. It does not want to stay in this place. But there we go. I think I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, cool. I got it. All right. Hell yeah, I got it. Anyways, welcome back to the show. Now, the moment you guys have been waiting for, I promise you guys I will give you a full-out Luke Cage review. And it's about to go down right now. Hell yeah. Sweet Christmas. All right. So, my thoughts and opinions on Luke Cage. So, Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you right now that I watched the show twice within the last two weeks, and it is easily my favorite show that I've seen on Netflix. Now, I've seen a lot of good shows on Netflix. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, um, what's it called? Uh, Marco Polo. I really like that show a lot as well. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of good series that I've caught off of Netflix, most of them um, Netflix originals and what have you. And this one, this one is definitely my favorite. I'm being totally subjective when I say that because it involves so many different aspects that I hold near and dear in my everyday life. So, for example, hip-hop. Um, sports, basketball in particular, when they were talking about that. Uh, literature, from time to time, I like to indulge into a good autobiography, basically. And they kind of gave me some ideas on which ones I should look out for in the future. Um, I like talking about social issues that are happening in society today, especially ones that pertain to race, basically. They talk a, lot, a whole lot about all those things. And, of course, the superhero genre on television and film. You know, It was everything wrapped up into one. And I've never really seen a TV show, at the very least, that had all those elements that I hold near and dear to my heart, and it gave me that, and it gave me that in the most purest form, and I appreciate the good folks at Marvel and Netflix for making that happen. Um, but definitely, it's one of the best series that I've ever watched, but it's definitely my favorite thus far. Now, here are the things that are very good about this about this show. And just so y'all know, there are no spoilers. I'm not going to give you guys any spoilers, you know, because I'm sure I have listeners right now 
who have yet to watch this, so I'm not going to spoil it for them, but I'm just going to point out some of the themes that they will expect to see in this series. So basically, as we all know, the show takes place in Harlem. Harlem is a predominantly, predominantly black neighborhood, also Hispanic neighborhood as well. So there are a lot of themes that kind of deal with those things, basically. One of the themes that I like that they deal with um, are themes that pertain to race and socioeconomic status and all those things. I'll get to that later, but let me get to the let me get to the core of it, basically. So you got Luke Cage, superhero, power man, hero for hire. That's the original name of said character. Basically, the whole premise of him is the fact that he was once framed by an associate of his. I'll leave that for later on, basically, for you guys to watch at least. He was framed by an associate and was sent to a place called Seagate Prison, which is kind of like the Rikers Island of the Marvel Universe, basically. So he got sent there, and that's where he got his powers. A doctor you know, put him in an experiment when his life was literally on the line, and basically something went awry in that experiment, and then he came out with the special abilities. Now, special abilities include uh, super healing, uh, kind of like Wolverine, basically, impenetrable skin, kind of like the Incredible Hulk, and then enhanced strength, so like the Hulk and Captain America, basically. Um, and so basically with that, the nickname Power Man was given to him as well. So this guy can bust through walls, and he's basically bulletproof, all right? He is bulletproof. Nothing can penetrate his skin. I'll leave that at that. <laughs> but yeah, nothing modern, I should say, can penetrate his skin, basically. Uh, so that is the premise of his special abilities, basically. Now, Luke Cage is not your typical hero. He isn't, he isn't someone who accepts the title of a hero like a Batman or a Superman, basically. This is someone who wants to be treated like a normal, regular, everyday citizen of society. But the more and more he gets himself into situations that call for his supernatural abilities the more he gets brought into the light, so to speak, of being a hero for the people who depend on him. What I like about Luke Cage is the fact that he doesn't wear a mask. And he doesn't wear a mask because it shows that he is a part of the community. He is a part of the people. And it's good for him in particular because he's what they call a street-level superhero, essentially. So kind of like in the same vein as Daredevil and Jessica Jones where they handle some of the, uh, the, the baddies and the villains that are within their own sector. They're not really global heroes like a Captain America or a Black Panther, for, for example, which is perfectly fine. It ties well into the storyline nonetheless. So... You have him, and then you also have characters who kind of sur who are surrounded around him for various reasons. You have Officer Misty Knight, who works for the NYPD, who is a detective, actually. Not even officer, but detective. Uh, in the comics, she has a, a bionic arm that she got from Stark Industries, and basically that gives her her power. But I'll let you guys know off the bat that she doesn't have that ability in this season, so don't go looking for that. That's one spoiler I'll give you that probably wasn't even a spoiler to begin with, but it will hint at that. You know, some point during the seasons, I'll let you feast on that. And then you have um, the character who is known as Cottonmouth. Now, he is portrayed to be as the protagonist of the of the series. Somewhat similar to Wilson Fisk, if you ever watched Daredevil. Um, but definitely, he is one of the main baddies of the series. And his character is very, very convictive. So once you watch the series, you're going to see you're going to say to yourself, wow. That guy right there is one of my favorites. He's definitely one of my favorites. He's arguably my favorite character of the series. But there's so many different characters that kind of ingratiate themselves within within the series that kind of 
boost up the profile of the show as a whole, basically. Now, here are the things that I like about this Luke Cage series. First of all, they deviated away from the original comic book uh, for the most part, like in terms of the general themes, because the general theme of the Luke Cage comic book when it debuted in 1972, it tried to follow the trend of black exploitation films that were being released at that time. And basically, black exploitation films are kind of like amplified stereotypes of black people, how, you know, they may speak in jive or, you know, there's always some sort of theme that involves um, some sort of some sort of, you know, over perpetuated notion of what black people may do uh, in pop culture. So they deviate away from that, and I'm glad it did because it would have turned the series into more of like a parody, basically. But they do make nods at the original comic as well in case if you are a fan or if you did your research prior to that. So that's why I appreciate about it as well. They always have a knack for hinting at the nostalgia of certain comic books and such. So what they did with this series is they ingratiated different themes within society today. So the biggest example of that, if you've ever watched the, the trailers and the promos for it, you notice that Luke is wearing a hoodie. And he's getting shot repeatedly as he's wearing a hoodie. And for any of you guys who don't know or didn't really pick it up, it's basically a metaphor for the black man in America. The fact that if a black man is caught wearing a hoodie, he's bound to get shot and killed, a.k.a. Trayvon Martin. But the fact that he's bulletproof speaks volumes because... You know, in the eyes of every racist in America, the biggest fear to them is a bulletproof black man. So I love the fact that they kind of hit that home without, you know, trying to preach it to you, basically. They also dive into the fact that there is so much uh, systemic racism that happens within America as it pertains to law enforcement and people of color. So they address that issue as well in the most subtle way possible. They also talk about literature and certain uh, black historians uh that are primar primarily within the Harlem universe, so to speak. So they speak about a gentleman by the name of Crispus Attucks, who was one of the first uh, slaves to gain his freedom as he migrated up to New York and became a self-made man, basically. So they kind of dive into that a little bit as well, and which I appreciate because it's not just a bang-bang, shoot-em-up type of series, but they also educate you in the process without having to force it into you, basically. So I love that. I love that about that. And then overall, I just love the fact that you are dealing with themes such as, you know, reluctancy. You're dealing with themes such as trust. You're dealing with uh, themes such as, you know, romance. And there's so many things that are ingratiated within the series that even the most casual of movie buffs or TV buffs will watch and say, hey, this is actually pretty good. Like, I love the fact that they drilled this point home and I can somewhat relate to, basically. And the fact that I love the most is... There's such a there's such a, a huge a huge hint of diversity in it that you can't really get anywhere else other than you know a streaming site like a Netflix or anything of that sort basically. Now let me talk about the diversity um, in this series in particular basically. So not only is the show diverse, but some people will have you believe that it isn't. Don't worry, I made another video about that which I will be posting up very shortly, but. The fact that not only this this series, but with all the other series that um, Marvel has done for Netflix, so we're talking Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and upcoming in Iron Fist, the diversity is so raw and it's so real. So in Luke Cage, of course, you have a black man. Jessica Jones, you have a white woman. 
You have Iron Fist, white male, and then Daredevil, um, in, in, uh, uniquely, I should say, uh, someone who's handicapped. He's blind, basically. So you have a little bit of something for everything. And I love the fact that in each of these series, they deal with their own hardships. So, or they have like a central theme that 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 is that is very that is very prevalent from from start to finish. So, with Daredevil, for example, you have you know uh, the justice system and how it's severely flawed. You have Jessica Jones that deals with PTSD and sexual assaults, and then you have Luke Cage that deals with the systemic racism that happens in America as it pertains to uh, law enforcement versus the people themselves iron fist hasn't come out yet so we don't know what theme that they're going to deal with specifically but i love the fact that all these themes are very central to their characters nonetheless i love that and i think that's the thing that makes them so unique from the movies as well the only thing that they don't have is a larger budget than the films that way they can always add in the special cg effects and what have you but that doesn't hamper the show in any way shape or form this show is comparable to almost any crime drama because that's certainly what it is because there's a lot of involvement with the police and how they're doing investigations and what have you. Um, So from when I'm watching the show, I'm not comparing it straight to these particular shows I'm going to mention, but there are certain elements that are very similar that they implement to these shows. So I see certain elements from The Wire, for example, and I may see certain elements from... Uh, from what's it called, Uh, from Power, for example. I see certain elements here and there. Um, But the thing that I love about this show is the music and how they incorporate the music into certain themes of the show. So they don't just throw in music just to add to the ambiance or whatever. They add music to it to help tell the story of each episode as it comes along, basically. And it, and it follows through. So, for example, and this is no spoiler as well, no spoiler at all. In the first episode, uh, Cottonmouth, he owns a club called Harlem's Paradise. And every night he always has a live act. It could be R&B, it could be rap, it could be whatever. In the first act, he had, he had, um, um, to- uh, well, I was going to say Raphael Sadiq, but technically Tony, 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 performing uh, one of his uh one of his hits and the song that he was playing or performing rather tied into the central theme of that episode in particular, basically. And this happens on a regular basis. I mean, there's even one performer. I can't remember his name, but he has a very James Brown esque sound and vibe to him. And basically as the song is playing, there's an action sequence that's happening with Luke Cage that ties into it. Also speaking of which there is a portion in this series where Luke Cage is fighting off a whole bunch of goons and you have a song from the Wu-Tang Clan playing in the background and it fits so perfectly. And when you hear this song, you're going to think to yourself, why did it take 20 plus years for them to use that song in a fight sequence? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I loved every single moment of it, and I just love how it tied in, tied into to every single episode, especially the last song that was performed on the final episode. I'm not going to say that either, but it fits well with the theme is all I'm trying to say. So they use music as an excellent storytelling device, which I appreciate the most. Overall, this is a very, very well played out series. There's a few things I didn't like about it, but then... I think back to I think back and I'm saying to myself I'm kind of nitpicking at that point because of course no show is no show is perfect at all but at the same time though 
you're going to find a few nooks and crannies that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. But for the most part, this is a very enjoyable watch. I would recommend it to anybody, especially if you're a hip-hop fan, especially if you're a music fan, especially if you're an action series fan, or if you're just a casual fan. Even then, that's fun. I've been, rep- I've been, pardon me, I've been recommending the series to so many people, even from people whom I may look at and kind of stereotype in my head and say, yeah, you probably wouldn't be interested in that. But... I think this is a show that everyone will enjoy. And despite what some critics may think, a.k.a. Keyboard Warriors, I feel as though if they can get past the fact that, you know, there are so many people of color in this show that that they're not used to seeing, if they get past that and actually watch it for what it is, then they will definitely enjoy the series for what it is. I definitely do. I'm a little biased because I see people who look like me and they kind of go through eh, similar hardships that I may not go through myself, but anyone who would look like me will, depending on what area they're in, basically. I'm from Canada, so a lot of the events that are happening in America don't necessarily happen in Canada on that frequent of a basis, but but black Canadians and just people of color in general, no matter in what type of diaspora you're in, go through systemic racism, and we talk about that in that series. So this is definitely a recommended watch from yours truly. I suggest you hop on your Netflix account and watch it. If you have someone else's IP address, use theirs. If you don't have Netflix, get it just so you can watch that. Or if you can find some other method to watch it, but I'm not going to judge, but go ahead and do it anyway because it is that damn good of a series. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Coming up after the commercial break, we have Trip Talk. So three topics in three minutes. We're going to get to all that good stuff. But before we do, man, I got some more music to play. And this time, it is some Canadian content. This one, this one comes by way of my homeboys, Black August. And this is Hardcore, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. Uh, this is MaximumFM.ca. I am your host, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Uh, still holding it solo dolo for tonight's episode. Uh, once again, those were my dudes, Black August with Hardcore. Uh, make sure you go check them out. SoundCloud, YouTube, all that good stuff. But nonetheless... It's time for Trip Talk. Three topics in three minutes. Uh, With that being said, here we go. So first topic we got to discuss, man. This one comes by way of the boy Drizzy Drake. Now, this guy's embarking on his latest tour, which is the Boy Meets World Tour. But before that, he made a tour stop in Toronto on October 8th. And basically, he was doing his thing on stage. But then midway through his set, cut the music, kind of went on to a little bit of a spiel, and then decided to uh, take some subliminal shots like he normally does. So this is what he said in a quote uh, during his little rant, and I quote, Other rappers, I don't give a F about none of these other singers. Nobody can talk to me because I'm from the 6. I go there by myself, and I do it every single mother effing time. Boy, let's go. So a lot of people are now speculating who was Drizzy Drake talking about. Was he talking about Joe Budden? Was he talking about Tory Lanez with the singer line? There could be a myriad of people that he could have been talking about. Chris Brown, who knows? Either way, Drake has been he's been getting battle tested over last over the last year or so. I mean, 
even even before then. I mean, he's been battle tested ever since from way back. If we're talking about way way back, like we're talking about 0708 with the whole Aristo beef and what have you. But as of recent, I would say a lot of people have been kind of gunning for him basically. So whether it be Meek Mill, whether it be Joe Budden, subliminally Tory Lanez, or I would say allegedly Tory Lanez, um, allegedly Ke- Kendrick Lamar. I mean, so many people, you know, left, right, and center. And I feel like Drake is at the point where it's it's starting to get to him because if we weren't getting to him, at the very least, he would ignore it and, like, he wouldn't even, you know, pay any attention to it. But Drake is only human. You can only take punishment for so long. It can only be backed into a corner for so long before you react to it, basically. So I'm not mad at Drake for taking, you know, the offensive here. Um, I think Drake is in a position where he's kind of feeling himself because – Right now, he has, he kind of has a perfect a perfect record in terms of rap feuds right now because, to me, you have to take an L in a rap feud if your career gets hindered. So the whole Meek Mill situation, he took an L because of the fact that his career got hindered for a slight moment, basically. Um, between him and Joe Budden, I can't really grade that because he had one subliminal line for, for Joe Budden. Meanwhile, Joe Budden had like four tracks towards him. So I don't know. That one's kind of a – it's – it's a draw by default, I would say, in that regard. So, you know, Drake right now, he's feeling himself. You can't blame him. I mean, he's at the top of the game. He's the most popular rapper, bar none. He's probably one, he's probably one of the top five most popular artists overall right now in the world. He's about to go on a world tour. I mean, this guy, he's basically Luke Cage bulletproof right now. Like, nothing can really harm this guy. So we'll see where this takes us. But it'll be very interesting to see if he if he actually gets himself into another beef situation again where he unloads his lyrical clip and just goes ham like he kind of did on Meek Mill. I mean, he didn't really do it in like at, like, like, a full level. Like, I know he can because we've heard records from him in the past where he's done it. But I think Drake is very strategic in where he knows to pick and choose his battles. But, again, we'll see where all this will take him. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? You already know what to do, man. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Next topic, and this one, woo, boy, stop. This one was very close to being Wankster of the Week, very close. Uh, this one happens by way of Wyclef Jean, one-third of the legendary trio known as the Fugees. So he was being interviewed by XXL recently, and he basically stated that Young Thug reminds him of Tupac. Hold on. Let me just... I had to give a very, very modest Mutombo finger wag to that because that is completely another BS. But there is context to this. So let me read the article as it states as to why he made that uh, comparison. So basically, this is what he said in a quote. And I quote, he's from a project. I'm from a similar background. And he has a natural love for Haiti, understanding the history of Haiti. Haiti is the first black republic. He reminded me of a modern Tupac in a sense, in a revolutionary sense. He continues on to say, and I quote, I mean that by, all right, you might see a thug, but his connection to history seems similar to where Pac understood of like, this is who the Black Panthers are. Read this book. Read that book. This kid understands. 
I sent him the Ghost of Sight Soleil documentary. He must have seen it like 10, 15 times. He is like a sponge when it comes to history. He likes to absorb a lot of information and actually wants to learn. Okay, so to be fair, we don't know what Young Thug is like away from the microphone. Okay, we don't know what he's like outside of the studio booth or anything of that sort. Wyclef claims that he is like a sponge when it comes to absorbing knowledge and content. However, this person right here in front of the mic speaking to you guys right now finds that a little hard to believe when it wasn't when it was basically a year ago when this guy was being interviewed during the BET Hip Hop Awards when he was asked about uh, certain people, certain black people getting gunned down in America. And basically his response was, oh, I ain't into all that. You know, I'm here at the BET Awards. You know, we out here flashy, we icy and all that. So when you give a response like that and then you're trying to tell me that this guy has a sponge for knowledge, I'm sorry, man, but... I got some tea to that. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I mean, if Wyclef wants to say that and claim that it is real, sure, okay. But it's hard for me to believe that because on screen, I'm getting a young coon, basically. This guy's just cooning out. I'm sorry. I don't know how Tupac would react if... If uh, he found out that Wyclef, you know, compared him to him of all people, I think he would respond angrily to that because, remember, Pac did not like Wyclef or the Fugees to begin with anyway. Um, And the thing that I don't like about the comparison is the fact that we know Pac is a very revolutionary figure. Yes, he had his ratchet records, but he also had his thought-provoking records as well. And he was also very vocal about certain things that happened within society, such as equal rights for people of color, such as the Black Panther Party movement, and things of that nature. He was vocal about that on and off of his songs. Young Thug? We haven't heard him speaking about that. We haven't seen him at any rallies. We haven't seen any of that. Not saying that he's obligated to do those things, but when you're comparing him to somewhat of an enigmatic figure like Tupac and a stoic one at that, you have to be very careful about the words you use when you're trying to draw the parallels between two people who are very far apart in their worlds. But that's just me. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? You already know. Let me know. Twitter, DM underscore cool, cool underscore radio. And the final topic for Trip Talk before we get into our next segment. This one's a funny one, actually, because this one ties into a lot of the questionable rappers of today's generation. Uh, This one comes by way of an interview that was uh, done with Lil Wayne, all right? Now, I'm not talking about him in particular, but someone uh, from the New York Times was asked, or someone from the New York Times asked him, rather, uh, what he thought about uh, rappers like Lil Uzi Vert and 21 Savage and, and Lil Yachty. And when he was asked about it, the man stated he didn't know who they were. He had no idea who they were. So this is what he stated, the exact quotes. I swear to God, I didn't know you were saying people's names just now. So that should probably answer the question. I just do my own thing. So... Yes, Lil Wayne is reclusive, but 
as I was reading the article or that snippet of the article, the way he responded made it sound as if he was dumbfounded that there are rappers out there who go by those names and that he did not catch wind of it at all. And the ironic thing about it is that those three rappers in particular clearly have drawn an influence from Lil Wayne. Like, you see it all in their demeanor. Like, the whole, you know, rapping over trap beats or the whole, you know, sipping lean and the whole, you know, uh, drunk consumption movement that they're kind of a part of, basically. You would think that Lil Wayne would have heard of these guys at some point in time, but he didn't. I find that hilarious. Now, he didn't actually go off and say, oh, I think these guys are whack. But even though Lil Wayne can be reclusive and he kind of listens to his own music, whatever, he knows about artists. Like, he knows, well, obviously he knows about Drake because he signed Drake. But he knows about your Wiz Khalifas. He knows about your Rick Rosses and, and et cetera, et cetera. He's not dumb. He's not oblivious to that. So the fact that he's oblivious to these guys... I think to me speaks major volumes, most definitely. But that's just me. Now again, what do you think? Twitter, GM underscore cool, cool underscore radio. I feel like I've said that so many times that you guys already know the drill. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our final segment. Of, well, second final segment of the evening, I should say. Uh, this one is where we crank it up and get old school with this. So with that being said, it is time for the flashback Friday track of the day. Let's hit it. Now, I'm still kind of in my Luke Cage vibe right now. And as I've stated before, that the show is, it takes place in Harlem, New York. So I figured for the Throwback Thursday track of the, or sorry, Flashback Friday track of the day, um, we kick it old school with a fellow Harlemite. Uh, someone who left way too soon and had a ton of potential to do some major things in the rap game. I am talking about Big L. And this one right here is entitled... MVP. This is the smooth remix right here. Uh, so keep it locked. We're going to play that joint. And when we come back, we have the Wankster of the week. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back to the show, people. Um, you are now tuned into the wonderful sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to cool radio now it is time for the segment that you have all been waiting for and without further ado here we go <clears throat> this one i'm gonna rip into boy believe that <clears throat> who has been entered into shallow walls of the hall of shame this week who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week ladies and gentlemen it is time for wankster of the week this week's Wankster of the Week goes to repeat offender Floyd Money Mayweather. Now, this guy, he is getting the Wankster of the Week because he is the latest person to state all lies matter. Now, basically, he is being interviewed um, about certain things that have been happening in society today as it pertains to police brutality against unarmed black individuals. And he had quite a bit to say about that, as well as one Colin Kaepernick. And here's what he said. Um, actually, I'm not even going to quote it. I have the tape right now, and I'm going to play it for you guys. Uh, so here we go. This is what Mayweather had to say about Black Lives Matter and also Kaepernick. Here we go. 
I'm here to say all lives matter. You know, a lot of times we get stuck and we are we're followers. When you know you hear one person say black lives matters or blue lives matters, all lives matters. What I learned from boxing, what everyone can take in real life is follow directions, follow order. It's not right. I'm here to say all lives matter. You know, a lot of times we get stuck and we are we're followers. When you know you hear one person say black lives matters or blue lives matters. All lives matter. What I learned from boxing, what everyone can take in real life, is follow directions, follow order. It's not right what's going on within this world on both sides. I think we need to communicate better, and I think we need to follow direction. It's, it's rules and regulations to everything. What do you think of Colin Kaepernick protest? Um, Kaepernick needs to try to get the starting job. You know, stand up and get the starting job. That's what he needs to focus on. But I can't knock him. If that's what he believes in, and the people stand behind him, you know, so be it. He got the number one selling jersey, so it's obvious he's doing something right. <sighs> oh, God. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to stay strong for you. I'm going to stay strong for you all. All right. So let's get at the first part of the interview, and I kind of hit the, uh, the pause button midway through, so I apologize for that. But nonetheless, let's get through this. Okay. So he basically stated that, you know, he's not here to say Black Lives Matter and how, you know, we can all be followers at times. You know, Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, no, All Lives Matter. Okay. This guy is completely clueless and completely unaware of what is happening outside of his money Mayweather, you know, compound or fortress, if you will, basically. So this guy is saying how we all have to follow rules and regulations. And it's like boxing. We have to follow rules and regulations and stuff like that. So how about you tell that to the police officers? Tell them to follow rules and regulations. They are public servants. They are meant to protect and serve the people, not harass them because they're a few shades darker than they are. But, of course, they're following rules and regulations, right, Mayweather? So what, you're telling us as black people to follow rules and regulations? Uh, we do. But then what happens? We still get shot. Look at Philando Castile. He was told to uh, reach for his license of registration. He reached for it, but then he got shot. You look at so many other cases, so many other cases where people have their hands up saying don't shoot, but they still get shot anyway. They were following rules and regulations, and they paid the price with their lives. But hey, we're not communicating properly, right? Of course not. Of course. And then he goes on to talk about Colin Kaepernick and saying how that wasn't the best move to make. And also he should be focusing on getting his starting job. Now, first and foremost, how is that not the best move to make? He decided to use the platform to protest, and that's exactly what he did. And he doesn't need to focus on getting his starting job. And getting his starting job has nothing to do with him making a protest. Even if he was a fifth-string quarterback, he still has the ability to make a protest. No matter what your skill level is, that shouldn't deter you from making a statement. And for your information, Mayweather, in week six of the NFL, he did get his starting role back. So take that and smoke it wherever you're at. And on top of that, the man said, you know, I'm not going to knock him. You know, if it works, it works. Clearly it is because, you know, he has the number one selling jersey right now. You idiot. This is how I know that you're you're nothing more than a capitalist and nothing beyond that dimension. You're so one-dimensional because if you would, you know, take your head out of your own ass or out of a stripper's ass for a second, then you realize that Kaepernick did that because it was sincere and dear to his heart. And he has even stated that he would donate his first a million first a million dollars to various charities and causes that can help prevent 
police brutality and things of that nature. But no, you're too stuck in your own ways to realize that people do this because they have a love for it and they have a passion for it. Just as much as you have a love for not educating yourself, for not reading, and for throwing money to strippers, they have a passion for doing certain things as well. And this all comes back to two things. One, even though you're a capitalist, you can be a capitalist all you want. You have to remove yourself out of that element for one second and think about things as a human being. Think about things as a human being and how humans should react if they had their rights unjustly taken away from them. That's one thing. And another thing that you have to think about is the fact that if you're not educated on something, don't speak on it. I am not educated on zombie movies, therefore I don't talk about zombie movies, all right? So if you're not educated on what's happening to the people in America, black people in particular, then don't speak on it. You have no right to speak on it. You're just as ignorant as any other white Republican pundit who speaks on all lives should matter or blue lives should matter or this person got shot because he was harassing the convenience store clerk. I'm sorry, last time I checked, doing that or being high on PCP shouldn't warrant you to get executed basically on whose authority and the final thing i want to i want to point out is the fact that i really hate rich black republicans because they feel as though they are so high above everyone else in the black community that they are impervious and immune to what happens to them not black liberal rich uh, uh, black rich liberals but rich black republicans you name it I'm not going to name names, of course, because we'd be here all night, but Floyd is definitely one of them. He doesn't care. He doesn't even care about the fact that some of the people who did get shot and killed at the hands of the police were probably fans of his. But he shouldn't care less either way because they're not within his tax bracket. But then you have thought-provoking athletes like LeBron James, for example, who's been very vocal about certain things that have happened within the black community. And he didn't have to be, but he did anyway, and I commend him for it. Hell, even Carmelo Anthony, and you guys know, I'm not a fan of Carmelo Anthony, but I respect the fact that he's using his platform to be vocal about certain things that are happening in the community. You don't have to be, but all respect to you if you are vocal about it. And like Mayweather, he doesn't have to be vocal about it, but if you're not educated about it, don't speak on it. Shut the hell up. And that's all I got to say. He's definitely getting the wankster this week. Do y'all agree? Do you think he should get the wankster? Of course he should. I'm going to drop it one more time, just like this. Learn how to read. That's all I got to say. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for tuning in on a weekly basis. I really appreciate it. You guys already know that, man. I'm going to get more guests to come out as the weeks and months uh, progress along. Don't you worry. I got some stuff in store. I'm not going to reveal all the tricks just yet, but you guys already know that I got something cooking. Uh, Make sure if you want to get more content, uh, follow me on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Follow us on SoundCloud for all full audio podcasts at cool underscore radio. Make sure you hit us up on YouTube, cool underscore radio, get the subs up. And of course, like us on Facebook, cool radio, no underscores. Um, And that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. And you already know how we do. Cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.